Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch. Not long ago, my good friend Barry Nicolau and I were invited onto Karen Sanders' podcast called Aging Fearlessly. Karen is an incredible woman of many talents. You need to really look her up. So she invited us on this podcast to share ideas, tips, principles, frameworks to encourage people over the age of 50 to be active and to be involved in the world around them, improving their longevity and quality of life. Now, I don't know about people over the age of 50, but anyone I meet these days over the age of 18 is interested in the area of longevity and quality of life because we are realizing that life is short to use the cliche. But when I say short, really, we have so many little waking hours when you exclude sleep, when you exclude errands, and when you exclude work, our life is really a fraction. And to waste it is an absolute tragedy. So in this podcast, we talk about longevity. And I enjoyed this podcast so much. As usual, myself and Barry, we collaborate really well. And whenever I dropped a principle, he shared a story, loving stories and vice versa. And in this podcast, we download incredible tips for longevity. I discuss five of them and Barry discusses quite a few of them as well. And we both also share the best advice we have ever given. You don't want to miss the advice that I was given by my six-year-old daughter many years ago that has lived with me to this day and really was a pivot point in my life. I always get my advice from older people and younger people because older people have perspective and experience and younger people have purity and honesty. I think you're going to love this podcast. Thank you for letting me share this podcast with our higher branch community. So sit back, relax and enjoy one of the most enjoyable interviews I've done with anyone in the last two years. So welcome everyone to the Aging Fearlessly program and I want to ask a question of you all today. What sort of people do you attract? I asked myself that very question a few days ago after an event I hosted called Story Room Oz. I pondered the answer as I thought about the people who were in the room that night. So my answer is, I attract people with big hearts and souls, people who care about other people who give of themselves, people who help others, people who have an open mind, people who want to grow and learn. My two guests today are both men who fit that bill. They are exactly that type of person that I attract. Welcome, Barry Nicolau and Sam McCall. Hello, everyone. Hello, Karen. <laughs> it's good what, to be here. I didn't have far to go. <laughs> no, you live in the area, but yes. what a pleasure to spend time shooting the breeze with you guys today. Barry, we met some months ago on my program. Can you give us a refresher about you and what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess without going too uh, long into it, I'm a best-selling author. And I guess the reason that I decided to get into the area that we'll be speaking about today is because you get to a level in life where you feel like you want to make an impact in the world. 
And everyone does make an impact in the world. But when you have a big heart and you really want to help people become the best version of themselves, you do start to attract and, and get into the zone of people that are also on that journey. So for me, the book has led to a lot of opportunity. The 11 Master Secrets to business success and personal fulfillment ended up being a number one bestseller in six countries and 19 categories. And I think it resonated to a degree where you've got people that are chasing success and people that are also chasing fulfillment because you have people that are wealthy that don't have the fulfillment aspect. You have poor people that are fulfilled. Say you want to go, I really want the success. I want to look after my family. I want to have a certain lifestyle, a certain quality of life. But then you want to go to sleep at night and sleep deep because you're actually making a really great impact in the world. So that's led me to great people, yourself, Karen, to Sam and to a handful of others who are also on a journey of understanding that we need to raise the vibration of this planet to let people know that anything is possible. And that sounds like a cliche, but it is not. It is the fact that we have to, we have a duty, an obligation to become the best version of ourselves. And that's what certain lights in the world do. Now, you're a light, Sam's a light, I might be a light, and there might be a, a thousand other people out there that are lights that can encourage people to do and to be the best of themselves. So that's been my mandate. And that's the people that I've started to attract in my life. And it feels damn good to get these people happening in my life. You said that all so well, and I agree with you entirely, and mm. I have no doubt that you're a light. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, it means a lot to hear it. I can you feel are, the brightness and, from and, here. Yeah, it's, ra- it's radiating. It's radiating. Hang on, <laughs> yes, it's going to be... Sam 40, and I are going to put our glasses on because we're too... It's going to be 40, 40 degrees in here in a minute. They're going to break into a sweat, and, and that's not menopause. So, no, it's all good. Yeah, so, yeah. and... I know sometimes in the wording and then you said, I might be a light, that I'm the type of person that would say, I might be a light. And sometimes we have those little self-doubts in ourselves and Mm. it's probably something we'll raise today, Mm -hmm. but I have no doubt. If I pick up the phone to you, Mm. within 24 hours, you're back to me and you're so generous with your time and with your thoughtfulness of how you answer my questions and then later on you'll think about it and maybe come back to me a few days later and that's what I really appreciate. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. It means a lot. Oh, it does. Sorry, I'll get teary (laughs) in a minute. Sam, you are a man of the law, is that correct? (laughs) Yeah, I'm ashamed to admit it. Yes, I'm a lawyer. (laughs) Do you know what? You are speaking at an event soon that I'm hosting and I advertised that event at the end of the last event and I said to them, and there's a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll pique their interest. So, okay, you're much more than a lawyer. You really are about helping people grow. Can you shed some light on what it is that you do? Three decades in banking and finance law, most of my uh, friends and colleagues, basically lawyers, bankers, and mortgage brokers, real estate agents, financial planners, and I saw a trend. As they started hitting 50, they lost the ability to have fun. They had broken relationships, health problems, some chronic, and their kids didn't talk to them, but they had lots of money in a bank. And I thought to myself, what kind of effed up success is that? Pardon the French. That's perfect French. You're allowed. And a lot of my colleagues would say to me, gee, Sam, you've got your shit worked out. What do you do? 
And I said, I've lived by this framework for many decades, since the age of 19. I developed two frameworks for living. Life strategies. Everyone's really good at business strategy, but not very good at life strategy. So I started sharing that. And uh, a lot of my colleagues that would really never tell me these things started coming out and saying, hey, dude, I'm suffering from depression. I said, wow, really? I always thought you were really solid. Or I've got a broken relationship. Or, geez, I have diabetes or heart disease. And all this stuff started coming out because I started doing keynotes on health and wellness just by accident because at an event where I was speaking, teaching lawyers how to become better entrepreneurs, someone asked me the question, how did you grow such a you know, large business so quickly and you became number one in banking and finance law? And, and they expected me to talk about operational efficiency, the automation, I'm a great lawyer and I have a master's degree and all that. And I said, actually, it, what I found is that if you grow people, you're starting with yourself, you grow a business. Mm. And if anything, in my law firm, what made it successful is I started developing people. So health trumps intelligence. So if you want a successful business, don't think that your intelligence is what's going to get you there. It's your energy levels. Energy is the new currency in the 21st century. It's not time. It's not money. So the question then becomes, if you're listening right now, is what kind of energy do you have? And I don't mean just physical energy, high energy. I mean your mental energy, your emotional energy, even your spiritual energy. And Barry, you're into that. So what type of energy are you giving out? Mm. Because there's an invisible force that connects people and it's our energy levels you can feel people's energy when they walk in the room Mm. so you have interactions in the day with your family arguably with yourself right with your lover or your partner for life with your clients with your friends these are five key relationships the question is what energy are you bringing to every interaction i love what barry said barry said I want to make an impact. We all want to make an impact, but start with those f- five interactions. Mm. The impact doesn't have to be grand on a global scale. Mm. can be the person that served you coffee this morning or did you wake up and kiss your partner this morning? Did you give words of encouragement to your children? Did you call your best friend? Did you call your mum? Did you call your dad? We can make an impact in our own little way. So I started a higher branch success academy on the back of all the dysfunction and disease that started setting into people that have been in the corporate world for you know a few decades, and I'm an activist. I call myself right on a journey to get people to wake up and say your purpose in life here is not just to make money, but it's to have fun. We only get one chance, don't we? There's no dress rehearsal in this world. Absolutely, and yeah. you want to get the most and be the best that you can be. Whether it's 100 years, it's a short time, really, in the expanse of the universe. In the room with me today is Barry Nicolau and Sam McCall. And we're chatting about business, starting business, life. And guys, I think I hear often, it's such a busy world. And the environment we live in, there's so much noise. There's the social media noise. There's the noise that perhaps our own inner critics make, the expectations we set ourselves, the goals, are they realistic, unrealistic? And the pressure 
on ourselves to be perfect and to get it right? And when do we pivot? There's so many questions. And Barry, Mm. I phoned you, it was probably a week after Christmas, and I was absolutely in overwhelm because I have a full-time job and I do Story Room and I have my podcast. Mm. And someone said, oh, you need to build a calendar and get more followers. And I just went, how the frick? Do I do all this Mm -hmm. as one person? Mm -hmm. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Mm. Your advice, please, Barry. (laughs) How long do you have? (laughs) uh, And a string? I don't know. Uh, Listen, you go through life and you think you've got a few things worked out and then life has a really good way of showing you that you don't. Like you've, you've got to create new frameworks consistently, I believe, to adapt to the environment and the new person that you are, okay? But for me, I'll give you a quick story, and this is a very vulnerable story in me, and it, it, it basically illustrates what we're trying to say, okay? I've known a friend. He's a very wealthy friend. He, he has worked seven days his whole life for the last 30 years. Very successful, owns shopping centers, owns a lot of shares, owns a lot of real estate, blah, blah, blah. He's got two sons. And every conversation I have with him is about how he's very upset with his boys, that he, they don't have the drive in them. And I would understand and I would empathize and I would sympathize and I would listen and I would listen and I would listen. I've had that conversation with him for about eight years, that same conversation. And I realized the other day, it's taken me so bloody long, that I'm not making any difference in his life. You're a slow learner. Oh, well, I'm really slow. (laughs) Sam knows this. And I realized something. And I, I took a leave of absence from the friendship. And it wasn't anything that was said. It wasn't anything. I just stopped calling. And I'll tell you what that did. It allowed me to put energy into forward-moving ideas and forward-moving areas that I wanted. All of a sudden, I could call Sam. All of a sudden, I could speak to you, Karen, for half an hour on the phone and discuss some ways forward and ways that we could be sabotaging ourselves. So I think the golden nugget for me has been, yes, I do miss the conversations with this friend of mine, but you have to realize when certain matters are stagnant and it doesn't matter how much water you're going to to pour on that plant, it's not going to grow. So for me, I look at that and I think, what's important? Who can I help? It's about being there in service of everyone and anyone that you can come in contact with. And once I did that in areas that were important to me, things started to move really quick. And it was a wake-up moment. I'm not sure if that answers your question or not, Karen, but you've got to put yourself in the mindset of understanding, first of all, who you are, second of all, what you want, and third of all, how can I be of service? That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And that conversation, as much as you benefited and I benefited, I felt probably just as good as you moving away with some key strategies that you can implement pretty much straight away. And I guess one of those biggest ones are just don't compare yourself to what others are doing and don't take every little bit of advice that you hear from every other single person. Just focus on the people that matter and all of a sudden things start to move. Like you... You've only got so much water in your glass. You can't pour it in 10 different glasses. So you've got to focus on which glasses you want to pour it into for that day. Yeah. You can't because you can, if That's you have a great to... analogy, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Oh, you God. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've only got 12 hours of, of, of wake time, what, 16 hours of wake time. You can't do everything. So, Karen, I have one question for you. Oh. Because <laughs> you, mentioned... <laughs> no, you asked Barry, how do I do all this? Yeah. The big question is, why do you want to do it? And what did we talk about that we day? We talked about finding why. your why. And yeah, Barry so said, write down your whys. My framework 
I mentioned earlier we have two frameworks that are high branch that I designed at a very young age out of adversity and Barry has heard the story on stage. Mm -hmm. But one of those frameworks is the what we need to focus on in life. But you have to have a why in each of them. The what fills eight fundamental human needs and they are the first fundamental human needs for energy, right? That's represented in a high branch by the tree of health. The second is the need for intimacy. It's represented by the tree of love. The third is a fundamental human need for unconditional love and support. And that's represented by the tree of family. The fourth is, and this is where I think you're both focusing on, is the fundamental human need for fulfillment. Now, I'm not going to go through the other four. If people are curious, they can go to ahigherbranch.com and have a look. But when it comes to fulfillment, that's represented by the tree of work. Okay? So you've got to have a why in each of those eight areas. So you've got to ask yourself, why am I doing all this? And am I robbing myself uh, of energy, time in the other areas of life? If you are devoting too much time for the tree of work and neglecting the tree of love, the tree of family, the tree of learning, the tree of friendship, the tree of wealth, and the tree of charity, your focus shouldn't be on what impact should I be making in this world. It's why am I doing this? And your first love has to be for yourself. Are you having fun doing it? Now, if that starts becoming, no, I'm not having fun, I'm feeling overwhelmed, you're not being kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't be charitable to everyone else and say, I want to make a difference in people's lives but destroy yourself in the process. No one wants that for you. Mm. So it's a question of priorities. Now, I always prioritise my time and energy for the eight areas of life. If something does not fit in any one of those areas, I simply don't do it. Mm. Yeah. That's a very good question and a very good lesson, and not just for myself, but for everybody, because I think we often get caught up on whether you want to call it the mouse wheel, the merry-go-round, running around in circles, doing Mm. what we don't love doing. I love running an event of Story Room and seeing the people and hearing the stories. Mm. But sometimes it takes a lot of energy to do that mm. and I'm not filling myself up enough. Mm. Yes, mm. exactly. And that's where priorities come in. So you, you, you can have some loves that you want to pursue. I, I love a lot of things, but sometimes you've got to prioritise. If you have enough energy, in our framework, the second framework allows you to boost your energy to incredible levels where you can meet all eight fundamental human needs. But a lot of us don't hit those peaks as to what athletes call peak performance. So we get to a stage where, look, I've only got a certain amount of energy and attention bandwidth, so I have to prioritise. First priority is self. Second priority, so that's the health, love, family, work. So you go in that order. But the first priority is yourself. And it's no good if you're burning out, if you're feeling overwhelmed, then all your interactions with your friends, your family, your, your partner is, uh, is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to add anything to I that? Would, the only thing I'd add for what Sam's just said is that I do think that a lot of people are at different levels in their lives. You've got the, the single person, you've got the married person with no children, you've got we're in a situation now where we've got a, an almost a four-year-old and a six-month-old, so sleep is really important in our house right now. It's a priority. 
And there would be people listening to this saying, no, well, Sam and Barry and, and Carrie, you guys don't get my situation. My situation is very unique. And I guess what I want to say is, yes, it is. But if you do not carve out self-time, if you like what Sam was saying, if you don't put that life jacket on, you're not going to be saving anybody. Yeah. And it's a really good analogy, but it's a good analogy for a reason. Mm. It's because you, you can't drive anywhere with no petrol in your tank. You can't even drive to get more petrol. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's four in the morning or five in the morning, you just got to carve out time. And for me, my latest routine is the kids are in bed at 8 p.m. Like both kids are asleep at 8 p.m. I go for a four kilometer walk with my earphones in, listening to my favorite songs. And when I come back home, have a shower and go to bed, I feel so relaxed. The physical exercise is done and I've breathed in nature. I'll go on this walk and I think about the 10 things that I'm most grateful for. And I run through them. And funny enough, Karen, they're not physical things. They are in a sense, you know, like your nails are growing, your heart's beating, you can see, you can taste beautiful food, you can smell the, f- the flora and fauna of coming into a new mm. city, like the mm. basic stuff, not how much money I've got in the bank or what I'm driving and where do I live. And that stuff's just material. Just, it doesn't matter. It's great, but you're not going to go dying and you're going to go, oh, at least I live in this suburb. You're not going to say that. Yeah. You're going to go, how did I help people impact the world? That's why I love what Sam's doing. I love what you're doing. And I love what Story Room's about. It's like Sam's story, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, it catapulted you into who you are today because you saw a sacrifice that your mum and dad made to actually leave Lebanon and what they risked to come to a country with not knowing anything. Like, how do we make our next dollar and what do we do? We've got language, everything from scratch. So if Sam's parents have been through that and it's funny, it's like adversity is built into our biology for us to grow. Like it has to be there. Wow. Quotable quote. Well, quote, yep. It's baked yep. into our biology. If we do not go down hardship, life cannot give us the rewards we're after. And this is where people looking for the easy path get stuck because they want the quick money, they want the quick holiday, they want the, the instant fix, the instant gratification, but they don't want to go through the pain. Hmm. And if you look at a lot of great immigrants that came to Australia, if you look at their backstories, it is war. It is every part of human decency that we take for granted today is just out the window because of what they've been through. Mm. Earlier you said the things you're grateful for. And I I think sometimes we do tell ourselves we're grateful for the car we drive or the job we have or whatever, but country to country, Mm. what people are grateful for is just the food on the table. The the rain came down so the rice will grow. Or it's more in tune with with the world than the material things in life. Again, if you ask me... Sam, what are you grateful for in life? I cycle through the eight areas that I mentioned earlier. So that's my North Star. Where are your goals, Sam? Mm. It's in the eight areas. So you can't go wrong because those eight areas are universal, whether you live in Ethiopia or London. And like Barry said, I love the point he made. They're, They're not physical things. They're not material things, which means they can't be taken away from you. I'm in the studio today with Barry Nicola. <laughs> you can, you can, it doesn't matter what you call me, does it? It doesn't matter. What you, I'm just in the studio with Barry Nicola and Sam McCall, and I've been getting some great advice as to why do I do what I do, and hmm. we're talking about the areas of life that are really important. So, Sam, what are your five tips for the listeners on living life on their terms? I want to address what that means, living okay. life on your own terms, because for a lot of people, it means getting their way. 
Mm. Ah. And it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't look at life with every interaction, whether it's business or, Barry, you mentioning earlier, some suppliers are letting you down, you're, mm. you know, they're mm. not meeting their deadlines. Mm. The thing is, if you go in with an expectation that you're going to live life on your own terms 100% of the time, you're going to be disappointed mm. all of the time. So even if you're winning 51% of the time, put it in the win column and move on. And that goes for relationships as well because mm. a lot of people break up in relationships because they're not getting their way. And the thing is, when are you ever going to get your way in life with everything? You can't, right? People are different. They want different things. In business, that's the same way. That's so true. That's the meaning of give and take, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what are my five tips? Now, I've come pre-rehearsed with this. Not When I say pre-rehearsed, you told me that you wanted me to share my five tips. And it's, I've known these five tips forever. Yeah. And I call them the five S's. Mm. Okay. And that's how I remember them. Shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sustenance. Well, <laughs> the five tips are number one. You need to sleep more. Mm. Okay. Forget about diet and exercise. Okay. They're secondary. Your number one superpower for boosting your energy levels, for getting your body into a state of autophagy where you're uh, slowing down aging, sleep is absolutely essential. And if you want to monitor how you're going with your sleep, I bought something called the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. You can buy it at oura.com. Let's me know how my sleep is, whether I'm going to REM, deep sleep, tells you when you should be going to sleep, your heart rate variability, everything. Now, this all comes from sleep, human growth hormones, brain neurotropic factor. That There's so many things, there's so much science about this. And if you want to know more, Professor Matthew Walker. Now, so that's my, the first S is sleep. Second is sunshine. Okay. We have four nutrients that we take into our body. We focus on food, water, we often forget air, and we always forget sunshine. We are literally solar powered. We have receptors on our skin that take in the sunshine and turn it into not just serotonin, but melatonin. And melatonin is not just for inducing sleep, but it actually produces energy. Number one is sleep, number two is sunshine. And obviously everyone knows the benefits of vitamin D when it comes to sunshine. The sun on your eyes in the first 45 minutes, last 45 minutes of the day, produces so many feel-good hormones. The spectrum of light in the morning is energy boosting. The spectrum of light in the afternoon, when I say after the last 45 minutes, is sleep inducing. And that's a beautiful thing that nature does, isn't it? Right? Mm -hmm. The spectrum of light is different. So the worst thing you can do in the morning is wake up and put on sunglasses in mm. the first 45 minutes. The sun's not going to harm you in the first 45 minutes or the last 45 minutes. So number one, sleep. Number two, sunshine. Number three, socializing. Mm. Now, most of your listeners are in their 50s, right? Mm -hmm. You mentioned for over 50s. Let me tell you, if you're not having fun by now, it's a tragedy. Your 50s, you should be now focused on having fun. So fun is synonymous with socializing. There's an art to socializing. There's an art to having fun. Mm that we often lose on the way to adulthood. By the time we get to 50, we think, oh, we've got enough money, we've paid off the mortgage, the kids maybe now getting close to leaving the nest, but I don't know how to have fun. Now, that's a tragedy. So socialising, learn the art of socialising. Socialising is the third S. Super important. It has so many feel-good hormones, one of which actually neutralises pain. Did you know that socialising 
He's the best painkiller out there. <laughs> no wonder I don't have a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you socialise. We are social beings. We need that interaction. Write down your three closest friends. And if you don't have any three closest friends, because I always say every person should have at least three close friends. These are friends that you can pour your heart out to, but also friends where you can clown around and be yourself without fear of judgment. Because your relationship with your friends is different to your relationship with your partner, right? You can't do a lot of things in front of your partner that you do with your friends, and that's the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Especially guys at the footy, (laughs) the way we behave. And that's how it should be. So that's the third S, is socialising. The fourth S is sex, right? Now... I don't mean literally sex, but what I'm talking about there is intimacy, physical and emotional. You need to get physical and emotional intimacy in your life because that's what boosts creativity. It's almost like when you wake up from sleep, you feel amazing. If you've ever had a power nap in the afternoon, you wake up and suddenly you can hear the birds and notice the, the breeze and life is great. Intimacy gives you the same, you know, it's potent and that's why I prioritize a tree of love as the second most important area of my life. Many a song or a bridge has been built or a you know, building has been created and designed by someone in love who has that physical and emotional intimacy. So you should not apologize for the word sex because we need that. And anyone who thinks, oh, it's taboo and you're not being true to yourself because every one of us wants to be loved and to be loving to another person. Every one of us likes to be touched, and every one of us likes uh, intimacy. That's the truth. So that's my fourth S. So just to recap, sleep, sunshine. Socializing and sex. And, sex. and, and notice there's no you know, diet tip in there or exercise routine you should be doing or meditation. These four S's are more powerful than anything else on the planet. I'm just wondering what number five, five is. Okay, number five is a negative. It's flipped. It's what you should stay away from. Ah. Okay. And it's social media. <gasps> okay. I recently coached someone who was seeing a therapist for many months and she gave up on it. And her husband said, talk to Sam. Now, as a lawyer, I'm a bit of a pain in the butt. I'll keep cross-examining someone till I find out what the real issue is. So I gathered that her real issue was social media. I said, do you like what you're going through right now? She said, it's terrible. It's the worst period of my life. Would you do anything to get rid of it? Absolutely. Okay, I want you to take your phone out now and get rid of Facebook, close the accounts, Facebook, Instagram. Do you have the guts to do that? Is your love for yourself more powerful than your need to be liked on social media? And she did it. And let me tell you, within two weeks, she called me in tears. She said, Sam, I've never felt better. Now, this is just one story out of many, including my own children. Social media is toxic. So is news media, okay? But for people who love the news, allow yourself three minutes in the day. Pick a quickie news update. And that's it. You're that's nodding, all I Karen. do these days. I was going know. to add to what Sam just said. I think it's the psychology, the addictive behaviour that goes into social media that we're unaware of. Dr. Guy Winch recently said to me that social media works on that same part of the brain as heroin. Mm. So that's my fifth S and my fifth tip. That honestly, so powerful and so simple.
Really. And you'll remember five S's. Absolutely. Especially the fourth one, six, right? <laughs> Barry. I wish mine were as simple as Sam's. I think mine are a little bit more convoluted. And I guess I'm coming from a point of being lost and then finding your North Star, as Sam put it earlier. And Sam's framework's really good in that respect. But my journey hasn't been a straight line. And like most people, it's been a zigzag spaghetti bowl. (laughs) And I'm somewhere in that meat sauce right now. Never look at pasta the same way again. (laughs) Don't put too much parmesan on top, please. So I guess my first tip is, and this has been very personal for me, and I hope it resonates for the people that are listening. So my first uh, port of call um, was to identify the truest, highest expression of who I am as a person. Now, that might sound um, esoteric, it might sound deep, it might sound spiritual, it might sound whatever. And at this point in my life, it means everything to me, and I hope you take it in the spirit that it is being said. So what I mean by identifying the truest, highest expression, Mm. who are you as a person? What experiences have you had to date? What talents do you have? What education have you learned? And all of that combined, who are you? apart from your name and who you are as a family member. Like, who are you as a person? So identifying that. Number two is I find that most people stand on the edge of belief and doubt. They stand on that. They're really good at sitting on that fence. They've got marks in their butt because they've been sitting on that picket fence all of their lives. Oh, do I believe in this? Oh, yeah, I've (laughs) researched this. And I think they call it in scientific terms, I think it's called a cognitive bias meaning that you will always seek out information that you agree with. So when you sit on a fence of belief, my advice would be pick a side. If you believe something is true and it makes sense to who you are as a person, don't put the brakes on. Hit the gas. Go that way, all right? Because there is something that the world needs that you've got that you have to go in that direction. And sometimes it can feel like you're lost, but you're not if you're true to who you are as a person. That's my second one. The third one... Um, is and this has probably been a huge challenge for me, is not tying my commercial success or failure to my self-worth. Mm. Mm. Huge. Because it does. And, and I'm going to be gender biased here. As a man, you do feel that the money you bring into the house has a direct reflection on who you are as a person and your self-worth. And if you can find a way to separate that and go, what I am trying to achieve, uh, this... I guess the whole failure versus being a failure conversation, you've failed at something. You haven't really failed at anything. You've just discovered a new way to do something and it that has yielded specific results. If you do not like the results you've achieved, then you can always tweak it to achieve better or worse results still. And just quickly, I have to go into this to explain myself. We have a friend that comes over for dinner and she will change her opinion to match the loudest voice in the room. Mm. So if the loudest voice in the room says, I don't like Chinese food, then she will automatically not like Chinese food, even though the week before she went to a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> so this is the... And I leave and I have a glass of wine with my wife, Lana, and I'm like, did you notice that uh, <laughs> she was raving how good the dim sims were <laughs> and then all of a sudden she doesn't like... It's because people will... They want to be... She's a, a pleaser. Yes, she a, wants to be well, a You want to belong. You yeah. do, you do. Yeah. But then where does fundamental that... fundamental human need. Yeah, yeah. How do you not take that into a life journey scenario because then all you're going to be doing is pleasing what everyone else wants thinks you should be doing so i guess it's in a dinner scenario it's great and you can keep the social lubrication going but 
it's formed a personality trait in this person and I've found that she's lost direction in her life because whoever the loudest person in the room is, she will just agree, oh yes, I should do that, oh yes, I should now do that, oh yes, I should now, and it's just all over the place. So try not to tie your commercial success to your failure or your successes. It's one many of us get caught in. Yep. The other thing I will say, and I've had experience of this, when you complete a task and if you allocate yourself 12 months to complete or six months to complete a task, it will take you six months. If you give yourself six months to lose five kilos, it will take you six months. If you give yourself a month to lose five kilos, it will take you a month. It will take you as long as you've given yourself to do it. So if you Mm. want to lose weight, if you want to find love, if you want to start a business, if you want to have a certain amount of turnover, if you want to see your grandkids more or whatever it is, if you go, oh, in a year's time, things will be like, it will take you that long. You've psychologically primed yourself to it taking that long. So if you want faster results, I would shorten the deadline. And mm-hmm. say, I know people in the world have lost five kilos in, in, a, in a month. It's a kilo and a half a week, for crying out loud. You can do this. But some people will say, oh, by Christmas, I should be at 54 kilos. Now I'm at 59. And it will take you till Christmas. And then you'll drink and you'll have chocolate and you'll have wine and you'll have, oh, I've got five, And then the four last months. five weeks. And the last five weeks, you're cramming and then you're like, crap, I didn't make it. By half a kilo. Yeah. So if you want to do something, give yourself a, a time frame. And that way you've set yourself a goal. Okay. Yep. And my last thing is, and this is something that's been very important to me as I've gone forward, is I've found it hard to find good people that I can share my journey with because there are a lot of talkers out there that talk a big game about living their life and living their purpose and living whatever. But then if you see that the actions that they take on, it doesn't reflect what they say. So for me, like Sam might not realise it, but my friendship with Sam goes far beyond because I see Sam's journey. I see your journey, Karen, and people that you've interviewed and people that have actually said yes and put action steps inside that thought process. Very hard to do. So finding a mentor, finding someone that you can have a conversation with is so important because this is a lonely journey. Like you don't realize it. Most people will not embark on it because it is too damn hard. Mm. to create the framework, to put in the time, to get up early, to realise Sam's five S's and do it, not just have it as a, a sticker on the wall. Do the stuff that you said you're going to do to get where you want to be. Most people are inherently lazy. They, they do not want to do it. The people that aren't lazy are the ones on pedestals, the Elon Musks of the world, the Steve Jobs of the world, people that have actually mm. sacrificed for an ideal so what do you want to sacrifice for? So there, I know it sounds a little bit long-winded, but they're the five areas that I keep working on for myself and I still fail at them. But the fact that I've got them there as a, as a guide, because what drives you? You've got to find out what drives you and then you've got to have a framework to enable that drive. That was some great advice. I've written it all down. Oh, I might okay. take some myself, actually. <laughs> Does it come with a pill? <laughs> there, if you've got that pill, you I do right. work in pharmaceuticals. <laughs> of course, I'll have you to do. get someone to make it. Ah, running out of time drastically, and I have loved every minute of this. Sam, what is the best advice you've ever been given, and by whom? Okay, the best advice ever given is by my daughter. She was at the age of six. And she didn't know she was giving me this advice. And I'll tell the story of how I learned this from her. One day, it was a hot summer day like the one we're enjoying today. And I said, look, I'm going to take you to the beach. We went to Bondi Beach. We got there nice and early. 
And we spent the whole morning splashing around at the shore and she was this skinny little 18 kilogram thing <laughs> who was fighting the waves and having fun and doing cartwheels. Then we had a break for lunch. Then we went back in the water again for another four hours. The kids have endless energy. And it was five o'clock and I said, sweetie, I think we will go home. She said, oh, do we have to? I said, yeah, let's go home. So we're driving home. And when you when you spent the whole day at the beach, your body's just melting and just nothing more. I just wanted to have an early dinner, early night. So we drive into the garage and uh, get out of the car. And she gets out of the back seat where she was sitting and straight for her bike. And she said, Daddy, I want to go for a bike ride now. And I said, oh, sweetie, aren't you hungry? Aren't you tired? Do you want to go inside first, get something? Because so I was a little bit annoyed because I have to supervise her, right? And she said, yes, I want to go for a bike ride. And I said, okay, just give me a minute. I'll put the, the bags inside. So I grabbed the bags from the back of the, uh, the car and I walked towards the internal garage door to put them down. As I'm walking, I m- mumble to myself, honestly, kid, what are you running on? And she must have heard me and she said, I'm running on happiness, daddy. And it just floored me. I remember I turned around and I thought, what's a wisdom in that? Like, it, it's just amazing. There's so much purity. Because I, I thought about it and I thought, we do run on happiness. Imagine the last time you were at a wedding or at a party and you were dancing. You could go all night because we run on happiness when we're happy. So out of that, the best advice she ever gave me was, and she continues to give me that advice and reminds me of it, and she does not know that. And if I'm working too many long hours, I get home, how was your day, blah, blah. She said, yeah, that, but did you do anything fun today? Did you have fun? Because she knows I had a propensity to be a workaholic. So my, for people that are listening, the best advice I've ever been given is to make sure that you have fun. And that was the, the advice that I learned from my daughter. The best advice ever. I've read many books. And that has changed my life ever since at that age. I made it a priority to have fun in all my interactions, even in business meetings. We could be giving a presentation to a major bank and I'll slip in a, a fun slide in there to make everyone laugh. Yeah, it's or, important. Yeah, or I'll just be relaxed and uh, or dance in the office. Whatever it is that turns you on, you've got to pursue that. And don't apologise for having fun. I was, ask, I was going to ask Sam a question. Do you think, Sam, because it came from someone so dear to your heart, Mm. that the potency was increased. If someone at work said, Sam, you should run on a bit of happiness, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. So yeah, look, I, because it was her that said it? I listen more carefully when yep. it's really young people yep. or older people yep. because older yep. people have perspective yep. and young people have purity. Yes. So I really take notice uh, of what they say. And out of that message also comes this advice for parents that are listening now if you have kids and the worst thing you can do is if he parents say sally stop eating those cookies you're going to get fat or tommy get off that ipad you're going to damage your eyesight let me tell you the emotional damage you're doing to your kids it's far worse than the physical damage of eating a damn cookie or being on the ipad now i'm not saying eating too many cookies is good yeah it's good But if your baby Sally or your little girl Sally growing up now associating guilt every time she eats a cookie, Mm. she gets 
in her 30s and she's eating a cookie and she's thinking, why am I feeling bad? I need to go get therapy. Why am I feeling this? Because there's this subconscious uh, that's being programmed. That message of we run on happiness means that sometimes you need to prioritize your happiness ahead of diet and ahead of exercise. If you see a chocolate piece of cake and you're on a gluten-free diet because some Instagram model told you to be, enjoy the damn cake and get on the dance floor and dance because your happiness is far more important than the physical. Is there one piece of advice that you've been given Mm -hmm. that you want to share today and who gave the best piece of advice to you? Yeah, absolutely. And it was my darling wife and it was not that long ago and where I was doing that horrible comparison trap thing. And she said to me, she said, Baz, she said, stay in your lane. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so true. The analogy of driving. Yes, yeah, man. Like, well, I do it all the time. Like, I look at the lane next to me. Where are we at? We're driving. We're looking all around us when we're driving because we're considerate drivers. So we are looking. But the whole idea is don't look at what the guy's doing next to you. Don't look at what the person's doing. Or stay in your lane. And that also mm. relates a little bit to what Sam said to his friend. Get rid of the social media. It's because social media takes you into every other person's lane. Exactly. It's easier to listen to what Barry just said by eliminating yeah. the, the, the images of comparison. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah, stay in your lane. Barry, you mentioned a quote mm-hmm. that you received today mm-hmm. that really resonated with you. Would you mind sharing that? Absolutely. And this comes from being of service to other people. This is a message from the Holy Father, Pope Francis. He said, Rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself. And flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other. No matter how difficult it is, life is good when you are happy, but much better when others are happy because of you. Let us all remember that in every changing colour of a leaf, there is a beautiful and ever-changing situation of life which is meaningful and both that you need clear vision on. So do not grumble or complain. Let us instead remember that pain is a sign that we are alive and problems are a sign that we are strong and prayer is a sign that we are not alone. If we can acknowledge these truths and condition our hearts and minds, our lives will be more meaningful, different and worthwhile. And I got that with perfect timing that I had to read. Yeah, it's yesterday. like those things that just drop in your lap when you need them the most. No mistakes. No mistakes. He's referencing the tree of charity there, which is a fundamental human need. Yeah. 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 To my absolutely brilliant two guests today, Sam McCall and Barry Nicolau. And our beautiful host. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. you. Honestly, this is just, there's so much in this. There's like, I hardly came in with any questions. You guys just know how to shoot the breeze really well. (laughs) (laughs) With that, everyone, I hope you really take away a lot from this interview because I have, this has been a lesson like no other. So until next time.